Welcome to a new teaching that I will be doing weekly for the congregation, All Saints Congregation. This is Father Reed Henselink called The Word of God. Now the premise behind the Word of God is to share the scripture readings on a weekly basis that are found in the daily lectionary. Now what is the daily lectionary? The daily lectionary is a series of readings from the first Sunday of Advent to the last Sunday after Pentecost, which is approximately the 1st of December to the end of November, that is composed of an Old Testament reading, Psalms, a New Testament reading, and a Gospel reading. And the idea, beginning in the first Sunday of Advent, which is the beginning of the calendar year, the liturgical year, again, about the first week of December, before Christmas, four weeks before Christmas, that goes all the way for 52 weeks. And in that time frame, we go through Advent and then Epiphany and then Lent and then Easter and then Pentecost. And we read the scriptures throughout the year. So the idea is that on a weekly basis, I will be commenting on that liturgical week. So now, for example, we are in the week of four Easter, or the fourth Sunday of Easter. And we have lectionary readings that are found in the daily office year two. There, are, there is year one set of readings and year two set of readings. And they alternate for year, from year to year. And we are in year two right now. So, for example, we are studying the book of Exodus we are studying the book of Matthew, and we are studying the book of 1 Thessalonians. Now, why is this important? From a spiritual perspective, in terms of your daily walk with God, you want to put yourself in a, in a situation where you are learning, and you are growing, and you are reading the scriptures. And this is a wonderful opportunity to read the scriptures on a daily basis. There are actually apps that you can get that will read the scriptures for you. You can get them audibly or they will list them for you so that you can read them yourself in your Bible. Of course, the Book of Common Prayer, at the end of the Book of Common Prayer, we have these scriptural readings. And what I'm going to be doing is spending some time with you to give you a very quick overview of those scriptures and encourage you to read them and share with you the relative importance of those scriptures. So, you listen to this recording on a weekly basis, and we will get into a rhythm together of, of encouragement of the scriptures, of your need to read the scriptures, and just to get in a flow of reading. One of the first things that you want to do in your spiritual life when you begin to read the Bible is to get into a good pattern of reading. And a lot of people don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. They don't know what Bible verses they should read first. And so when we do it in the liturgical calendar, what's called the liturgical calendar, again, we are in the week of four Easter, fourth Sunday of Easter was celebrated a couple of days ago. And throughout this week, we celebrate that week. And in that week, we have a series of scriptures for seven days from Sunday through Saturday 
And then, of course, next Sunday is the fifth Sunday of Easter and the week of five Easter. And there are our readings for that week also, and we will visit with you next week about those. All right. So on Sunday, for example, just to go through this rather quickly with you so you'll understand what I'm talking about, we are in Exodus 28 on Sunday, and on Monday we are in Exodus 32, which is the famous uh, calf, golden calf, that was erected and built and worshipped, sadly, uh, when Moses went up uh, to visit God, and Aaron was responsible for making that happen. And then on Tuesday, we have Exodus 32, the end of that chapter, and I was working on that today. And then we have Exodus 33, and then 34, and on Friday is more of 34, and on Saturday, we conclude with Exodus chapter 40. So, you, you get to read readings from 28 to 40. Now, not every verse of each of those chapters, but what you want to do is to get in a habit of daily reading the scriptures, which are already given for you, and you want to immerse yourself in that text and hopefully get something out of that text. And then you have the Psalter that's given, and what they do there is they just list the psalm. So you have to go to your Bible to look that up, or Book of Common Prayer, which has all the psalms. And then thirdly, you have a New Testament reading. And as I said earlier, we are in Thessalonians. And then we have the book of Matthew. Now, the book of Matthew is very interesting. On Monday, we have Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 10. Now, if you know your Bible well, you'll know that Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, that's a very, very important text. And in fact, the Sermon on the Mount is in chapter 5 of Matthew, chapter 6, and chapter 7. So, we are going to be reading 5, 6, and 7 over the next several weeks. Now, if that's not something that you're familiar with, or you're used to reading, or you've ever read before, or you've read it but you've never understood it, this is a great opportunity uh, to spend some time with me. I'll go over uh, these texts with you in some detail. And of course, for the sake of time, what I'm really trying to do is to get you and encourage you to read them and sharing some ideas with you that you can take in this 25-minute uh, uh, teaching. So, let's look at Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 10. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain where he sat down with, when his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and he taught them. So, what he's going to do over the next several weeks is he's going to teach them from Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he's going to share some concepts with them and some ideas with them that are really important to his ministry. Now, remember, Jesus began his ministry in chapter 1 in Matthew for those of you that are familiar with Matthew, if you're not familiar with um, Matthew, you may want to read the first four chapters in preparation for chapter five. So that's a good exercise to do. So what we have in chapter one of Matthew is we have a listing of his genealogy, and then we have his birth. And in chapter two, we have the Magi, which we celebrate uh, in, at uh, Christmas time, actually in Epiphany to start Epiphany, the coming of the Magi in chapter two. Then we have a couple of other stories in chapter 2 which have to do with his uh, going into Egypt because Herod wanted to kill him. And in chapter 3, we have 
information about John the Baptist, his cousin of six months older, John the Baptist, born to Elizabeth and Zechariah, six months older, begins his ministry. And then Jesus begins his ministry by being baptized by John. And he's led into the wilderness and the devil tempts him 40 days and 40 nights. You've probably heard that story before. And that's in chapter four. And then in the rest of chapter four, we have uh, more information about his ministry and what he's doing. But in chapter five, as we begin chapter five, we have this wonderful three chapters where he's going to share with us, Jesus, some very important ideas in terms of ministry and the way he wants us to live our lives. Now, remember, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. So that's the next line, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when we are poor in spirit, when we are depending on the Lord, when we do not exalt ourselves, when we say uh, and, and humble ourselves before the Lord and say that we need the Lord's help, ours is the kingdom of heaven. That's the proper response we want to have before the Lord. We want to, uh, we want to go to him in humility. We want to go to him in uh, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of uh, serving him, of doing his will, of being a slave to Christ, if you will. And if we are poor in spirit, Ours is the kingdom of heaven. The meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. It's always great to be merciful to people. It's always great to be merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, you and I don't have a natural purity of heart. God gives us that by his grace so that when we are pure heart and we and that purity meaning that there's not there's not sin present there but there's this wonderful relationship with Christ with God Almighty where our intentions are pure our motives are pure they shall see God blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God it's always a blessing to have peacemakers around so that we are at peace with God and we are at peace with one another Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So persecution, from Jesus' perspective, is actually very helpful and very important. To be persecuted for the name of Christ is actually a positive thing. And so what, what the individual does when he or she is praying and reading their scriptures, they are focused on these words of Christ in their daily readings and take a few minutes each day to read these readings and they are thinking about ways that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them about what these words mean and how you and I can make application in our lives to God. So obviously what you want to do and what I need to do is to carve out some of that time during the day. It might be in the morning, it might be at noontime, it might be in the afternoon, it might be before you go to bed. An opportunity that's consistent into your reading these texts, these scriptures from the Old Testament, the Psalter, the New Testament, the writings of Paul, James, Peter, John, and then the gospel reading, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they just keep throughout the year, uh, depending on what the liturgical season is, uh, they just continue to speak to us and bless us. All right, as I said earlier, 
from Exodus chapter two, uh, 32, we have this extraordinary situation where the people have built a golden calf. They've taken their gold and they've uh, melted it down and they formed this calf and they worship this calf. After all that God had done for them, they had sinned against the Lord. And there's a, just a fabulous reading on Monday on, on uh, the building of the golden calf and the worship of the calf. And on Tuesday, there's a tremendous scripture here on what God's going to do for those people and how Moses intercedes uh, for them and saves them. On the Friday Bible study, I'm currently, we are currently studying 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians and that wonderful book begins uh, on Tuesday, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10. And Thessalonians is a beautiful book written by Paul to a community in Thessalonica. And they are called the Thessalonians. And he is writing to a group of people that he ministered to earlier in Acts. And he is sharing his heart with them. It's a very pastoral letter. It's a very loving letter. It's, it has doctrine in it. It answers some concerns from the community. And they were very successful. They, the Thessalonians, were very successful in responding to the word of God. They were very open to the word of God, and they were changed and challenged by the word of God. And Paul was used by God to evangelize them, and they responded quite amazingly well. And so he's writing this letter to them to encourage them in the faith. So for those of you that are listening to this teaching, and you need encouragement, and you need to know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, and you want a deeper relationship with God, this is a beautiful book to read and meditate upon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now on Tuesday, we have the reading from Matthew about persecution, and he has more thoughts about persecution, and then he begins to talk about being the salt of the earth and being the light of the world. Now you've probably heard sermons on that. How can you and I be the salt of the earth? How can you and I be a city set on a hill? How can you be and I be a light to others? How can you and I be a light in the darkness of our world and not cover our light with a bushel basket? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, one of the reasons I read the scriptures so often is not because I speak about them a lot, and, which is true, and I have an interest, which is true, but I just simply want to know what am I supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. So the scriptures are a way of sharing with us what is the truth about Christianity? What is the truth about this information that we call Christianity? What is God calling me to do? Who is God? Who is Christ? What, who is the Holy Spirit? And so what you do is you read these wonderful scriptures in tandem with each other, and the Lord, I pray, will speak to you about what they mean. On Wednesday, we have another reading from the book of Exodus. And he talks about them being stiff-necked people. And, uh, and Israel is just difficult to deal with. And we have a situation where you and I are sometimes very difficult to deal with, where we don't do what God tells us to do, and we're not prepared before the Lord. And... God manifests himself, the pillar of cloud, 
The people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the door of the tent. All the people would rise up and worship every man at his tent door. The Lord used to speak, used to, speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And now we have the servant Joshua that comes up in that wonderful reading. And then Joshua is going to be raised up. And he's the one that's going to take over after Moses has passed away. And so, again, we have this wonderful dialogue between Moses and God. And God is instructing Moses as to how to handle these people because it's God's responsibility to get them to what is now known as Israel. Remember, they left the Egypt uh, miraculously. The Red Sea opened. They went through the Red Sea. The Red Sea closed and destroyed the Egyptians who were trying to come after them and kill them. And then God takes them in the wilderness and he teaches them and he speaks to them and he takes care of them. And then eventually Moses leads them to the eastern edge of Israel before they go into the land which Joshua will claim to them. And it's this wonderful conversation that we have with the Lord and we learn to listen to the Lord and do what he says. In chapter 5 of Matthew that we find on Wednesday, Jesus begins to say more about the law and um, the importance of the law and the fulfillment of the law. So that's, again, a very, very important teaching because the law has been given through Moses and the Bible says that grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. This is in John chapter 1, which we call the prologue. And so Jesus tries to share with us what the importance of the law is and what his expectations are. So the reading of the Bible is important because you want to know what is it that God wants me to do? What is it that God wants me to believe? What is it that God wants me to know? On Thursday, we have the reading from the book of Exodus in chapter 34. The Lord says to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write upon the tables the words that were on the first tables which you broke. Remember, Paul, uh, Moses comes down off the mountain. He sees them making this, worshiping this golden calf. He breaks the tablets. And now in chapter 34, he goes back and he reconstructs the tablets. And the Bible says that the Lord, the Lord, a God of uh, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, who will by no means clear the guilty, visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the children's children of the third and fourth generation. God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of steadfast love. He's a God of faithfulness. He's a God who forgives our transgressions and sins. But when we commit iniquity to the Lord and we do not ask forgiveness and we do not repent from the Lord, then we're going to receive the consequences of our lack of repentance. So it, we find in this wonderful series of scriptures in the Old Testament that are so important to reading how the people of Israel dealt well with the Lord and how they dealt poorly with the Lord. It's very much like a paradigm of our own lives in terms of how we deal with the Lord. We continue on through the week in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in Matthew chapter 5. As we get toward that chapter, he talks about killing. He talks about one of the uh, commandments about thou shalt not murder. And he extends it uh, to 
I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool shall be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go and be reconciled. So it's not just about not murdering. It's about the way we talk to each other. It's about the way we relate to each other. So God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of reconciliation. He's a God of reparation. He's a God of whole relationships uh, between people. He's a God who forgives and who wants to bring people back together because of their sinful nature, because of their sinfulness against God and against their neighbor. We continue the readings throughout the week as we go into 1 Thessalonians 3 and uh, more of Exodus chapter 34. And of course, in Matthew, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus says, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So he has this amazing response to adultery. And then he talks about your right hand causes you sin, pluck it out and throw it away, etc., etc. So there's a wonderful uh, listing and learning that we go through as we look at what he has written and then we digest and reflect and think about, okay, how does that apply to me? What does God want me to do? How have I been obedient in reading these scriptures and understanding what God has for me? And how have I been disobedient? For, us, for those of us that have been disobedient, that we ask forgiveness for our sins. If we've been obedient, we thank God and we continue to move forward in a positive way. And then finally on Saturday, we end in the book of Exodus with chapter 40, 18 to 38. And so we have that beautiful reading uh, about the uh, tent of meeting and the cloud and God's presence throughout all the journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would go onward. But if the cloud was not taken, then they did not go onward to the day that it was set up. Throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and the fire by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. So they learned to go only as far as God will lead them. That's the idea there in chapter 40. Follow the Lord. Don't try to get ahead of him. Don't stay behind him. Wherever he is, you stay there. Don't move outside of that. Very important, very important teaching for life. Stay within the confines that God has called you. He's there with you. He's taking care of you. He is taking care of your needs, okay? And in chapter 4, which is where I am in the Bible study, we have a wonderful teaching about how we should please God, how we should act toward God, how should we, we should deal with subjects like sexual immorality, how we should love for one another, how should we, we should care for one another, how we should live quietly to mind our own affairs, to work with our hands, command the respect of everyone, be dependent on no one. So I just encourage you to read that great scripture from chapter 4, 1 through 12. And finally, Matthew's gospel, chapter 5. We finished chapter 5 with, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn him to the other. And if anyone sues you and takes your coat, let him have your cloak as well. So do unto others as, they would, uh, as you would have them do unto you. Okay, that famous, wonderful golden rule text comes there. But then we have love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So God is calling us to love all people, even our enemies, which is terribly difficult to do, if not impossible, without the power of God in your life. And then finally, he says, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So as we close the fourth Sunday 
uh, of Easter, that uh, fourth Sunday week, we had this incredible statement from Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, where he talks about being perfect. Now, that does not mean that you're perfect in terms of sinlessness. That means that uh, it's a great Greek word called, uh, named teleos, and that you are growing to maturity. You are mature in your walk with God. You are mature in your faith. And our maturity in our faith can only happen as we listen to the Holy Spirit speak to us about the Scriptures and as we read the Scriptures. Now, when we come to church on Sunday, then we are ready to hear the Scriptures corporately. But during the week, we read the Scriptures individually and we hear what God is saying to us. And so we follow the Scriptures and we follow the Holy Spirit throughout the week until we come together on Sunday and listen to the Holy Scriptures in a corporate way and, uh, and take those experiences from the week and the worship together in order to live our lives as mature Christian believers and leaders. Lord God, bless your people today as they continue to read the Scriptures, listen to the Scriptures, help us all to be faithful to hearing your Holy Word. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.